Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Well, remember how we were talking that September wasn't looking so good? That seems to be in the rearview mirror after two days of up activity. And that's based around Federal Reserve feeling kind of good. We'll talk about that and more as the show goes on. NASDAQ was up 1% yesterday. SP 500 up almost 1%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1%. All of them pretty much to the same kind of performance. The S&P 500 and the Dow snapped their four-day losing streaks after the Fed made no surprising moves. Um, I think that's kind of the the best way of saying it. Nobody move and no one's going to get shot. And we all made a run for the exits. And in this case, it was buying yesterday. FedEx had its worst trading day in 18 months after it said a severe labor shortage added $450 million to its costs. Lots of overtime going on at UPS and FedEx. And the restaurant industry, they are struggling for workers. The Fed didn't make any policy changes at its meeting this month. But it did say once again, we could begin shrinking the stimulus program in November and potentially raise interest rates next year. Interesting. The FDA approved Pfizer's booster shots for Americans 65 and older and anyone who may be in a higher risk of contracting severe COVID-19. China's real estate problems continue to be in the news. Slow-moving train wreck that is Evergrande. A massive Chinese real estate developer that's buried up to its penthouses in debt. We'll learn how interconnected with other companies and potential collapses and whether they'll be able to settle an $83 million bill that's due later today. If it can't pay up in 30 days, it could default. They have a payment due today. They have a couple payments next week. It's a big deal because in China, they're the biggest game in town. China's the world's second largest economy. The real estate contributes a mind-boggling 29% of GOP, GDP compared to 6% in the United States. They are heavy leveraged to real estate in China. More and more crypto wallets. This is kind of interesting. It looks like Robinhood seems to be better than Coinbase, according to Wall Street. Because Robinhood is offering basically stock and equities. You can buy stocks. They're offering banking services, and now they're getting into the wallet services, and Coinbase is just, well, crypto services. Netflix has acquired the rights to Ronald Dahl's works, including Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, 
and other tales you remember as a child? Remember the, the Chokey? So 16 doll licenses. This is their first competition. Uh, this is their first acquisition for Netflix in a long time. When you have 209 million subscribers, you're going to want to get some content that is easy for parents to relate to. And this is easy. It's kind of a step in the direction towards Disney. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Global stocks and crypto are bouncing back big time. Jeff Erdman, he's a top wealth advisor for the ultra wealthy. He advises people with at least two and a half million dollars net worth. He explains how millennials and Generation Z should think about investing. He's recommending attacking debts one at a time, diversifying portfolios. I always kind of find it entertaining. Nike's going to be reporting tonight. Don't expect anything great. The global semiconductor shortage is going to cost the auto industry a lot of money this year. 20 plus billion dollars is the expectation. Robinhood is launching a crypto wallet next year. I'm just kind of waiting for someone to get hacked. I don't know why I find that entertaining. It just, it seems like too many crypto wallets are going out. Toast, which is a restaurant technology company on the software side. They did really, really well during the pandemic as restaurants had to completely shift business models. From dine-in to carry-out to delivery, back to dine-in. Toast shares were up 65% yesterday. I didn't really know the company until yesterday. So I read the prospectus. and uh, um, Their private funding valuation was about $5 billion. And they're now worth 60, uh, they're now worth $33 billion. That's a lot of speculation. With that said, I'm not going to fight it. I get people wanting to be in front of a growth trend. Apple CEO Tim Cook wants employees to stop leaking internal memos. I say, let's stop doing internal memos and just whisper in people's ears instead. Apple should ban emails. <laughs> um... The company is going to track down whoever keeps leaking internal documents. And they've got some, um, again, it, it's privacy issues, right? They're starting to say everyone's allowed their private information. And then we're going to track you down if you leak information. That doesn't sound quite in the same vein. One of Wall Street's top analysts found that users are increasingly unhappy with apps, Facebook and Instagram. So he's got a published report on that. I don't know how I feel about that one yet. Um, Amazon 
gave $100,000 in cash to employees who proved they were vaccinated against COVID. The company doled out cash prizes and cars worth as much as $40,000 to eight employees in a company lottery. The two grand prizes of $500,000 still up for grabs. That's an interesting thought, right? Let's let's process this for a second. You work for a company and they're like, hey, if you get a shot, well, they're just trying to protect their overtime. They're just trying to protect their health care costs. No, 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 no. They're protecting your health. They're probably trying to – it's a damnation game thinking about, isn't it? Tesla drivers looked at the road less when using autopilot according to a new MIT study. Don't doesn't it feel the Biden administration is going to come down on Tesla and their full self-driving feature? That's not full self-driving. It feels like it's coming. I would hit the stock. Would it be a buying opportunity? It might be. We'll talk about that and much, much more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. Robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Which is worse, going shopping, seeing a Christmas tree in September, or your friend that posted on Facebook and goes, geez, really Costco? Christmas tree in September? I, I don't mind seeing the Christmas tree in September. I get it. There's massive supply chain disruptions. There's, you know, online moving stuff quicker and quicker. If you're a retailer, you got to get that stuff up. If you get one person a day to buy that stuff, like you're, you're winning. You're, you're securing dollars that will be spent elsewhere. So I, I get what we're doing this year with Halloween. Halloween's going to be big. Halloween's going to be nice. Halloween's going to have a little bit of let's get back to normal to it. People want their kids to go out and trick or treat. They want their pets to wear stupid costumes. We're going to spend over $10.1 billion this year on Halloween. That's up from $8 billion last year. That's a pretty big jump. But that's when the CDC said, Oh, scary. Don't let your kids go trick-or-treating or they may get COVID and die. The average consumer, i.e. you and me, we're going to spend $102 on costumes, candy, and decorations. We're expected to spend $3 billion on decorations, $3.3 billion on Costumes, $3 billion on candy. So we're kind of sp- splitting it up, right? And all we're really trying to do is, is, is get things back to normal for our kids. Try to create something memorable. So I get it. Number one Halloween costume? Uh, this is where I'm going to piss you off. Spider-Man comes in number one. 1. 1.8 million kids will be Spider-Man. Batman is next at $1.2 billion. He's kind of a dark character, parents. I think Batman has a problem with anger. I'm not sure I want my kids dressing up as Batman. For the adults, the number one costume, 
is a witch. Then a vampire. A sexy ghost. A sexy cat. And a sexy pirate all come in as the top five. Younger adults, i.e. 20 to 40, are more likely to dress their pets up in Halloween costumes than older adults. Disney makes big, 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 big money during Halloween. How many Disney costumes will you see out there in Disney princesses? Many. I would say Disney is probably my favorite Halloween play. Uh, because his princess dresses are not cheap. Just throwing it out there between you and me. And one day your prince will marry a prince. And then one day your princess will, oh boy, don't go into the Gabby thing. Oh, I went dark on you. So one of the big stories of the day outside of Halloween is the expectations of how much the auto industry is going to lose. Earlier today, I said incorrectly 20 billion. I meant to say 200 plus billion dollars in revenue. <clears throat> it's not a big deal to you and me because we don't work in a factory town. It's not a big deal to you and me because our job isn't in the automotive industry. But in May, they thought they were going to lose about $110 billion because how many people are sitting home and saying, we don't have cars for you to build until we get an order of semiconductors in. So that number has jumped from $60 billion to $110 billion to $210 billion now. That's a lot of money. It's not, it's not bailout level. But if you were Ford, GM, or Toyota, you weren't expecting that. The biggest hit to production occurred in the second quarter. Second quarter this year. Saw the worst of the chip shortage so far in terms of lost vehicles. So we expect the numbers to stop getting bigger at this point. Of course, Ford and GM have already warned of this, so it's a little bit built in. But some of this, not much of this, as far as losses have been offset by a resilient consumer who's not getting discounts. So Ford and GM know that like if we don't make enough cars, we're not gonna be, we shouldn't give discounts. Because there's going to be a high demand for a brand new car and a high demand for used cars. Used car sales, unbelievably strong. Anyway, that's worthy of, of noting out there. That's a big hit to our U.S. economy. And you and I don't work in factory towns, but Bruce Springsteen will probably have a new album come out at the right time at the right place. Just saying. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. YouTube Rob Black Show. Got a really good interview that's up right here, right now with Adam Phillips from EP Wealth. He's a strategist. It's You can watch the whole 15 minute plus at YouTube Rob Black Show. The home rental stock versus the home rental versus the, I keep seeing everything go up and I want to play it kind of investor, but I don't know how. There's a barren real estate fund. And basically, it's your backdoor way of owning rental apartments. 
Barron Real Estate Fund has outperformed its peers over the past three, five, ten years. It owns shares in several companies related to the purchase of residential real estate, including those involved in new home construction. It also has some rental REITs in it, like the Invitation Homes, ticker symbol INVH. It's an interesting way of trying to say if you can't, like, for instance, I'm selling some real estate right now. I'm going to get a big chunk of change. If I want to keep it exposed to real estate type appreciation, I could shift it into companies like Avalon Bay, ticker symbol AVB, Equity Residential, ticker symbol EQR, Americans for Rent, uh, American Homes for Rent. That's a, a REIT tied towards getting people into the property man- uh, management system, essentially. Tixel AMH. So we see all the young people out there buying homes or not buying homes and being renters or not buying being renters. It's a way of having some flexibility by owning a stock that owns this investment theme of real estate in it versus going out and trying to get a mortgage. Heavily exposed to a potential downturn, which would bankrupt you. I find that very interesting. And it's an interesting hedge, too. Um, for those who only like tech stocks, there are real estate stocks, too. Just saying. There's other things out there. Markets are having a nice day. New weekly jobless claims were inched higher than expected, but not disastrous. The number was 351,000. Any number 350 and below is good. So 351 is not really all that bad. It, it's, it looks normalizing to me. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Used car prices doesn't seem that interesting. <clears throat> It's tied into the global semiconductor shortage for the automakers for the new cars. We're just not going to produce as many as we want to. That's going to keep people from getting the new car discount that they want. So they're going to stay with their used cars a little bit longer. You can play this trend with Pep Boys. <clears throat> it's an odd thought, right? If you were to play the concept of used cars and people going and keeping their vehicles on the roads longer they're going to need to go get headlights and oil changes and things like that then they'll do them themselves i find that one interesting just weird ways wall street figures out how to play so something that amazon is learning very much so and i think it's a good lesson for retail and let's talk about it so that we've talked about it targets figured it out as well it's better to give more money to current employees than to lose that employee and try to find a new one targets devised a new way to partially get around the looming retail worker shortage they're going to invest in getting the current workforce more hours so maybe that means overtime Maybe that means people are more fully employed. Maybe that means more holiday bonuses. Target said it's going to hire fewer workers this holiday season, but it's going to provide 5 million more hours to existing workforce, a total cost of $75 million. Company said that it's checked in with store leaders. I like that, right? 
and trying to get people's preferred schedules in place. It's interesting the way we treat labor in the United States. And at this point in time, we'll give you more hours if you want them. Maybe come in a little earlier, do a little more stocking then. The retail industry is a lot like the automotive industry this year, and there's shortages. The automotive industry shortages with semiconductors. The retail industry shortages of labor, uh, workers, you know. Many workers are holding out for higher wages, extended unemployment benefits. It's had an impact. The shift to $15 per hour for store associates at Target will continue. Amazon said we'll do 18. It's pretty well expected that in the next 24 months, Amazon will be up to $20 an hour for their employees. This means that employers will spend more per associate. I hate that word. Between November and December, which tells you that the earnings is going to be not something that leads the first quarter. Again, this is tough to say because we have so much money because we've stayed in so for so, so long during the pandemic. And the retailers just want that to be ready when you shoot your bazooka of, of dollar bills. They want as few to fall on the floor as possible. They want to catch them all. So they're willing to pay their employees more, which probably means margin compression. It's an assumption. I'm just assuming, and it's an incorrect assumption because they may make up for it on volume, 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 and lack of discounts. It's kind of what we're looking at, though. Just throwing that out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some tried and true tips. Manage your debts. It doesn't hurt to... I use uh, a product called eMoney. I want you to use LearnVest. I want you to use something out there to start getting more informed about your own money. There's tracking tools. One's called Mint, M-I-N-T. And let's say you and your sugar booger, your honey, your love, your sweetie, your spouse, your significant other. Let's say you have a debit card and two credit cards and a bank account and a brokerage account. You could punch all that data in and you could start managing your debts. Now with mine, it's called eMoney. It's a little bit more professional, I believe. It works with my CFP. Yesterday I had to go through and relink my Bank of America accounts, relink my TD Ameritrade accounts so that my data was fresh and up to date. Yeah, the banks don't always work well with these platforms and they change their passwords and things like that makes it difficult, but it's a lot easier to do a budget today than it is in the past. You want to manage your debts right now. You want to take a look at them. You want to see them on paper. You want to stay invested. Three days ago, we were looking at September as doom and gloom. Now we're looking at September as, ah, I kind of wish I would have bought last week. My advice is stay invested. And within reason to get some diversification inside of your investments. I like to dollar cost average into the market. I buy every two weeks with 401k. When I get a big chunk of change, I like to spread it out over two or three investment cycles. Um, so maybe 
some now, some at Christmas, some in spring. That way I'm kind of slowing down my investment decisions. If I invest high and it goes lower, then I got <clears throat> a lower market to work with next time around. If I invest now and it goes higher, then I'm already up on my initial position. I'm okay with that psychology of not gambling, win or lose with big chunk of change. Millennials are entering their peak home buying age. There's a big question now, should millennials be buying real estate? And the competition we're seeing going into the winter months. I would not ever buy a home with the idea that you're going to sell it in three or four years. I would buy a home with the idea that you're going to be in it for up to 10, five to 10. And if it goes up a lot in the next three to four years, I'll be blessed and happy and, and give myself a high five for how smart I was. But I would never, ever, never get into a home and think this is going to be a magical time. <clears throat> I bought a home in Truckee, California, um, Lake Tahoe, uh, three years ago, roughly. And the idea there was skiing. Get my, my kids are at an ideal age for skiing. And I knew that I, I was probably, they'll be at an ideal age for skiing, learning to ski for five years, roughly. And then they're going to get those teenage years going where they're, I don't know, maybe they're a little goth. Maybe they're more into studying for their SATs. Maybe they're into girls. I don't know. But I got the place thinking it's a great way of knowing I have a hotel room and I don't have to pay hotel room prices all season long. Now the pandemic hit. And it turned from a nice investment to uh, as far as giving me a, a place to stay, a home base, so that you will, if you will, with uh, wet weather and, and summer months of mountain biking. Uh, that It went from that to, whoa, people are paying a lot of money for these things now because of the pandemic and work from home. If it goes back down, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I look at luxury real estate as? Um, mountain homes, second homes. Uh, homes near lakes, home near beaches. They don't all fall into this category, but they kind of do in my head. I look at them as art. And I think for a period of your life, you should live on a beach. I think for a period of your life, you should live in the mountains. I think for a period of your life, you should live in a big city. I think for a period of your life, you should live in the suburbs. I don't like the idea of living in a home for 40 years. I, again, and you could probably figure out my 50s and 60s, I'm thinking mountains. My 70s, and I'm thinking beach. Like you could figure this out on how it plays out in life. But here's how I look at, at real estate at beaches and mountains. I look at it as art. Like I just bought a Monet or a Da Vinci or I don't know, a Rembrandt. I'm not all that impressed by Rembrandt. I'm not not impressed. <clears throat> I don't have that skill. I just, I don't go, ooh, that's quite nice. I do like Jackson Pollock, though. But now I'm totally digressing. So um, real estate is art. To me, the higher real estate, uh, the luxury markets, they don't necessarily come and go in fashion. 
but you appreciate it and don't expect much. And then 20 years from now you sell it and you probably did pretty well, but it doesn't have the same dynamics as real estate in a big city or real estate in the suburbs. It's typically very limited supply and it's meant to be enjoyed. I would hate the idea of having a, a Monet and someone keep it in their back room or their attic. You want to see that kind of stuff. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. So some real estate, you want cash flow. Some real estate you want to live in. Uh, the one big mistake right now is don't count on the next three years to be as good as the last three. Very, very rarely does it play out like that. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Let's talk markets. The Fed stock. I struck a, a very positive tone, in my opinion, yesterday. Acknowledging that the economy is strong enough to stand on its own two feet and the central bank can begin removing monetary stimulus and that rates will probably move higher in uh, 2022. That should have a dramatic effect on the cost of mortgages. And that should be, at some point in time, the final nail in the current coffin for home appreciation. When interest rates move higher, the cost of your mortgage moves higher. I saw someone get a mortgage for 2.65%. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 30-year mortgage, $2 million. <clears throat> That's crazy to me. It's very attractive. It's cheap money. So <clears throat> in the end, the higher the mortgage rate, as it moves back up to three, three and a quarter, 3.5, four, if it gets there, that seems like years away. But the higher the mortgage rate, the less home you can afford. In the end, you pay for a home based on square footage. And the higher the mortgage rate, you times it by the square footage, you kind of see how the two play out. I can afford a lot more home at a 2.5% interest rate than I can at a 3 and I can afford more at a three interest rate than three and a half. So if I'm going to try to extend myself, which most people do when it comes to buying real estate, they want to get something that's right for them. You tend not to go into a home and say, yeah, I'm going to get a condo, a two bedroom condo, and I'm going to have six kids. No, you start thinking about the compound when you start thinking about six kids. You don't wait till it's too late. So the Fed said, we're going to raise interest rates next year. My big concern 
my big concern is tied towards 2022. How fast does the Fed raise interest rates? I believe them that they want to raise interest rates based on the economy strong enough to stand on its own two feet. And the central bank should step aside and remove monetary stimulus that they've been providing since the COVID crisis began. One of the biggest downside risks to stocks right now is valuations. Higher yields, less liquidity, slower growth. Those are issues for 2022. The big question on the Fed right now is how fast they move in 2022. Is it one quarter, 25 basis points per meeting, or do they just do a 50 and get it over with and say, we're going to sit on that for six months? Or they can do 25 and 25 every three months, right? I think the swiftness is going to determine how freaked out the market gets. Darden Restaurants jumped today after basically reporting a strong quarterly earnings. Darden Restaurants is in the business of um, sit-down restaurants. So Darden, to me, is telling us, hey, we're getting enough people in when they say they're beating revenue expectations. Nothing to really get excited about, but I acknowledge it. As an indicator that we should be looking at to find some positives here and there. Political risks are mounting in Washington. This is another headwind for 2022. The debt ceiling is late this year. Government funding, President Biden's economic agenda. All partisan maneuvering right now. So far, the House has voted to keep the government running. The Senate won't. What's next? Drama and Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon present. I hate this part of the, uh, the commentary, right? The FDA authorized a booster for some Americans. They're calling on some sort of rollout plan later today. Robinhood's crypto expansion could spark fee wars. Robinhood Markets is adding a key feature to its cryptocurrency platform that could make it a bigger player. Yesterday, they announced they're going to start testing a crypto wallet. And Facebook was, we wanted to do that. That's my Mark Zuckerberg impression. That was our idea. So Robinhood's testing a crypto wallet, which should help bring down the fees for companies like Coinbase. Robinhood's crypto service allows people to only to buy and sell assets, not to transport them off of Robinhood or send them to each other directly via blockchains. That makes the service more about speculation than about transactions. Lot of digital assets that you can buy on Robinhood right now. Too many for me. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Cash, New Coke. Wait, wait, New Coke's a, a digital asset? No, I just threw that one in there. Digital assets now make up more than half the transactions for Robinhood. So they really have to focus on this. Meme stocks aren't good enough. We have to have alt currencies to be cool. Crypto trading is commission-free on Robinhood. Coinbase fees run as high as 4%. So I think you're going to see more and more people put their wallets over at uh, Robinhood.
PayPal charges a fee based on the size of a transaction with 2.3% fee of purchases of $25 to $100. PayPal says it's going to offer a crypto wallet. They're all the fin banks, the fintech are all making a run right now. And Robinhood's trying to show the way of how they think we're going to go with younger people and their investment portfolios. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. YouTube Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv and on local now, channel 525.